0: It's September 15th, 2013, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started.
1: September fifteenth, everybody, and I actually made it alive back from New Orleans in one piece. All my voice was intact until I got here. (laughs) Yeah, until you got here, I was surprised.
0: Yeah, everything was fine, and then suddenly Thursday, it was like, "Hello." (laughs) Yeah, it was. Came. We welcomed you back, oh so lovely, to a wonderful big batch of allergies. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm still fighting, and I'm still fighting, and I think
1: everybody is. (laughs) But no, it was, it was fun. We had a good time. It was, you know, nice to be nice to be away, nice to be back. But, um, you know, we haven't even had time since I've gotten back to catch up on anything that really happened there. I guess. I mean, I've told no stories. I've told no.
0: I just figured it was safer not to ask. Otherwise, I'd be <laughs> I'd be pulled into the witness protection program and. You know, well, I just that, didn't want to go there.
1: No, it wasn't anything that, <laughs> that treacherous. Although it was really nice because it was the first year in a couple of years. There's no tropical storms, no hurricanes.
0: That's right. Everybody
1: got to show up, and it was really, really a great turnout. Although I did have one day where I was actually getting a little claustrophobic. I actually had to leave the bar we were in.
0: Well, remind everybody what was going on down there because yeah. you didn't just go down for vacation, right, right?
1: Right, It's Southern decadence. It's sort of like the gay version of Mardi Gras if there's such a thing, but it's... it's uh, <laughs> Yeah,
0: if there is such a, a thing. thing. <laughs> but, you know, I
1: mean, it's 100,000 gay men from all over the U.S. showing up. and I didn't you know, realize it was so big. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's were, a lot of people. Uh, I think the estimate for actual uh, economic impact this year, because everyone got to show up with something like a $100 million impact on the city. When you think about people who stay for a week, that's $1,200, $1,400 for a hotel room.
0: Oh, at least, yeah. And then start multiplying yeah. that
1: out, and it starts to really add up. It's a huge economic impact. But, um, of course, we go and we see our friends all the time, people from Tampa, New Jersey, all those people. And one of the fun things this year was that our friend Will, who is also known as Candy Samples, we've mentioned him many times, when he comes down to New Orleans, he always brings his hair undone. So he'll bring a couple of wigs and have them styled in New Orleans because, let's be honest, if you're styling a big, blue font hairdo, you know, that's the place to get it done in the South. It's just something about being able to do the (laughs) right kind of hair. So he brings a couple of wigs and drops them off at a shop there and has them done. But that means he also has to go pick them up. So one morning we get a text from him saying, can you come help me get my wigs? (laughs) We thought, well, sure. We were having breakfast. Well, let's finish breakfast. We're going to do this and we'll come meet you for your wigs. So we wanted him to pick up his wigs, which was somewhat farther down the road than we had anticipated which is fine but we're walking back from the wig shop down through the french quarter i'm holding a wig with a head with a wig on it and will's holding a head with a wig on it and we're just cruising down royal street like it's the most natural thing you've ever seen
0: well sure why not (laughs) they didn't even have them in boxes or any kind of
1: Anything? Oh, no. There's enough hairspray on those wigs. They're not How going did he anywhere. get them home? Well, he actually ships them home. So he'll, like, go and actually have them packed and shipped home.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's quite the,
0: quite the Yeah, production. I bet the UPF store in New Orleans gets to see a lot more interesting things than most other most UPF stores.
1: I would bet they do. <laughs> I would bet they do. I would just love to be the guy standing there when, when, you know, Will walks in with these two wigs and says, I need to ship these. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, um, the styrofoam peanuts, how do you do it? But no, it's, so we were sitting there just walking down so funny. You know, Royal Street in the middle of the broad daylight with just these two wigs. And interestingly enough, only two people stopped and said anything. If I mean, I'm like, how do, like, they're assuming this is the most natural thing. And only one person said, love your hair, hope it wins.
0: <laughs> they're probably wondering, ooh, where's the
1: show? Let's yeah. go. Oh, yeah. So I actually one of the, one... A straight couple that stopped us. Actually, he gave them the card and said, "Well, there's a show tomorrow. It's at this time, and you know you should come." And she's like, "We have something to do tomorrow." <gasps> I'm sure, the husband's like, "No <laughs> doubt. But anyway, that was That's that funny. was a fun, just a fun thing to do, and and kind of silly. But but now I I came back on. We got back on Tuesday, and of course I come in the office on Wednesday, and i was still sweating alcohol. I swear. That's all I was doing on Wednesday it was just, you know, oozing out of my pores. We
0: wondered what the aroma was, but we didn't want to say yeah. anything.
1: Anybody within a one-foot radius <laughs> was getting a nice contact buzz. Um, but that night, Wednesday night, I had to go to the VIP reception for the Sardone Showcase, which we talked about in the last podcast,
0: uh-huh.
1: which was its own interesting experience. Because, as you know, and any, any contractor, any architect knows, things always kind of come down to the last minute
0: Right, and so this Sardone Showcase is a 1950s house that he is remodeling, and he and his wife are going to move into. But they have set up the entire renovation and basically blogged about it and presented it in a way that all of the different vendors are getting spotlight. Uh, features on the right Right, getting attention and so this all culminated into this vip reception which was supposed to be kind of the unveiling of the Uh of the finished quote-unquote uh renovation which it never is you know Uh,
1: i think steven was was referring to it as the soft opening the soft (laughs) opening exactly but yeah and, and to the point that um the day of the inspector denied their power connection. I still can't believe that. So there were generators out in the yard and, and temporary air conditioners inside. I mean, it was, it was a challenge, but, but it actually came out really nice. I mean, they, you know, everyone knew, you know, everyone I think sort of knows it's a work in progress, knows there's always going to be the little things to, to tweak here and there. So I don't think anyone was surprised and they actually got a great, great turnout. There was a local brewery that provided the alcohol and the chef that was doing these really great little hors there at the, the island in the kitchen and you walk in the space and it's, it really, well, you saw before. Well, you saw it after I did, after I left.
0: Right. And yeah. And you knew
1: you were like, Oh wow, they're going to get this done in time.
0: Yeah. I was there probably a week and a half before the VIP reception and, the floors weren't finished. There were no cabinets in the kitchen. I mean, they were sitting there, but nothing had been installed. Mm-hmm. There no were counter-tops. no countertops, no backsplash, no... I mean, yeah. no tile in the bathrooms. There was still lighting to be installed. Yeah. It was very rough. and yeah. I was... <laughs> I told I told, uh, his wife, I said, I think I will pray for you this week. And she said, oh, thank you. We will need it. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. okay, I'll just stand back and watch right. this happen. Cause, but they, they really whew. pulled it out of the hat, I have to say. That yeah, they, they did an amazing
1: job. Now, her mom said, you know, oh, my gosh, like. The hour before it was opening, we're sweeping and getting, you know, sawdust up and this and that and everything and just going to town, last minute stuff. But it came right. out really nice and they got a, yeah. got a good turnout. And then they did, they did the open house on Saturday.
0: Yeah, where they had, had a, a good, lot of people there from all yeah. around the neighborhood and, and yeah. a big showing. Yeah. So, yeah it was, was much more complete then. <laughs> Still slightly unfinished, but, you but know. much more complete. Yes, to the, to the untrained eye, you could, you know. It looked fairly – they had, had staged it so it had furniture and yeah. and the power was on.
1: Power was on even better. <laughs> well, and, and I had to tell Katie as we were leaving – James and I were leaving on Saturday and she's like, oh, just, you know, it's so nice to be nice to have everything finished. And I'm like, Katie, you work you, – you you're married to a contractor. It's like being married to an architect. It's never going to be finished. finished. <laughs> There's going to be something that's got to be tweaked somewhere and it's not quite right and just – right." Just accept it as it
0: is and and go on. You'll be much happier. Right. The punch list is an ongoing feature of the house. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and um, I think I came back too and we found out that we have a listener in Brisbane, I'll yeah, say. I
0: I got an invitation on LinkedIn to connect to Gregory, who is an architect in Brisbane, uh, Australia, or and Brisbane. I got, <laughs> Brisbane, also Australia. So yeah, if you are going to say it all, Texas lack. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, now I was like, oh my gosh, there we have a listener in Brisbane? Because he had said in the little message that in his LinkedIn invitation, just started listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. absolutely love it, great job. I was really excited. So, yeah. so hi to Gregory. Hello. Down under. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Shrimp on the Barbie, all that stuff. Right, yes. right, yeah. La, la, la. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sorry, we won't bore you with all of our little cliches.
1: Yes, I'm sure you've heard 3,000 yeah, times before. Anyway. Um, well, and, and I came back to find out, too. I had a message from my niece on Facebook, and she had listened to the podcast that we done on interns. She's like, oh, that's really helpful. But I have a question for you. And her question was all about doing her IDP and should she get registered because she can only be registered in New York. And is it really worth her time because she's going to go back and get her Ph.D.? And I'm like, yes, you're going to get registered. You're going to do your IDP. You're going to take your exams. You're going to become an architect. This is just what's going to happen.
0: She was looking for that out. Like, yeah. don't make me jump through all these hoops because I'm probably not going to go this route, but there's a chance I could go this route. Please don't make Please me do all this extra all work this stuff? Right. just in case. Right, well... No, and, just in case, you are going to do all that extra work.
1: Oh, yeah. And yeah. while well, I was talking to my sister, and she's like, well, thank God she's going to listen to you, because she <laughs> certainly isn't listening to us. Oh, well, like, no. Oh, of course not. Mom and dad parents. don't know anything. They don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. But it's kind of funny, because um, there's an intern at another firm that I've been mentoring, and just started mentoring, and that was one of his things, was, well, I haven't started my IDP yet. Now, granted, he's only been working for a month, but... I think within the first couple of weeks, I said, "Well, so have you registered for your IDP?" No, no, I just I haven't gotten around to it yet, and I'm like, "Okay." Same thing. You need to get your IDP. You I'm gonna to I'm gonna this. be the
0: parentheses in this podcast mm-hmm. and say IDP stands for, for intern, intern Development, Development Program. Program, and that is the intern portion of the requirement in order to get licensed right. in the states. Most states require this IDP program, which is about three years of documented internship hours in, when we went through it, it was 16 different categories of oh, yeah. experience. And I don't know, they, they sort of morph it and change it, you know, over the years. Yeah. So I couldn't say for sure that it's still 16 categories, but it's intense and it's very thorough and it's really hard to get all of the hours mm-hmm. that are required in all 16 categories at one firm. Yeah. So it starts to become this this juggling act of, okay, I'm at a firm and they, I'm my hours are really focused in doing construction documents, which means basically I'm sitting at the computer all day long, except that I need hours over here on mm. contracts or in visiting the site right. doing construction administration. So what ends up happening for a lot of these interns is they'll do a couple years if they're fortunate enough or longer at a particular firm, but then they'll realize, oh, shoot, I can't finish my IDP unless I go get these other hours. And there's really not opportunity for that at this firm. So now I got to switch firms. Mm -hmm, And so it's not unlikely for an intern to end up working at several firms just to complete what they need in this IDP. If you can finish it all in one firm, you're really lucky and you've got really good bosses that'll help funnel you into doing work in those hours. Right. Make
1: sure you're actually getting some experience out yeah, you in know, the field. Doing exactly. This doing yeah. So
0: that's why these two newly graduated uh, students are now interns are asking these questions. Do I have to do my IDB? Yeah. Because it it's huge. It's yeah. a lot. Of, it's expensive, and it's a lot of hoops to jump through, and right. getting people to sign off on hours. And ugh, <laughs> yeah, it makes my blood pressure go yeah. just thinking about it. Well, you
1: know, and and when I was doing it, it was all pencil,
0: right? Pencil and paper. Yeah, of course, too. now a
1: lot of it you can do online.
0: It is all online which now. Is, you yeah. know
1: so much easier. But anyway, but so it was. It was just interesting to get back and have that conversation with you know two separate people, two separate interns. One, of course, which is my niece, and I'm hoping she's she's loving her job. By the way, she just is thrilled. She's been sent down to Charlottesville to crawl underneath buildings. I think on the campus and document oh, stuff. Fine. So she's just enjoying the heck out of it. You know, little 18 inch holes. She's got to kind of scurry through to get underneath the building. Exactly. Yeah. And the other the other intern is actually. Someone who came to our happy hour, and he had just gotten – actually, he had, I guess, just gotten out of school. It was the first happy hour he came to, and just in talking to him realizing, you know, they sent him out into the world, into the architecture world, with basically no guidance, no here's how you should approach finding work. Here's nothing. Just here's a list of companies who we know that are in the area that might be hiring. Best of luck to you. Right, so in talk- for it. yeah, so in talking to him at the happy hour kind of got has evolved over you know a couple of months into where I'm actually starting to mentor him, so i'm his go to person when he's got a question about something at work, when there's you know he's not sure um, we'll tell a couple of stories here, but you know he's not sure really what's going on and, and what does he do about this, and so it's been interesting because it's the first time, and so we thought we'd talked a little bit about mentoring and the potentially the the Positives for the architect, the positives for the interns. I guess technically they're mentees, but like I said to Laura, it sounds like you know suddenly they're breath mint. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to refer to them as interns. Yes, and, and because too, I think you know the AI actually has a mentorship program for the IDP program, so that, that as you're going through IDP, you have someone that you can go to that can. Sort of help you through the process and and help you along as you're getting your experience, but once the IDP is over, they tell you, okay, well you're done. And I'm kind of like, you know, that's that to me is just that sort of weird. I think the the mentorship probably needs to keep going or needs to be handed off to someone else so that they can actually still have as a resource to go to.
0: Well, and in fact, when I was I was asked to be part of a panel for the. AIA Dallas Emerging Leaders Program, they were doing a whole segment or a whole class on mentors and mentees. And they, there were, I guess I was probably one of the youngest people there on the panel. There were four of us. And one of the older architects there said, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, you should always have a mentor. Mm. And he even said, I think he was probably in his at least in his late fifties and said, I have my own mentors. And what I, he said, what he had realized over the years is that it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's older than you. It can be somebody that is your peer, Mm -hmm. but maybe has a different perspective or has a different, has gone a different career
1: path. Exactly.
0: In fact, he said that when he did get into kind of upper management and, and then further on into, um, I can't remember if he's an owner in a firm or not, but, you know, up to that high level functioning in a firm where you think you should know it by now, Mm -hmm. he said he found that he had his other former classmates or other people he had worked with over the years that decided, you know what, let's just get together once a quarter over breakfast for a couple hours and, and be our own, you know, team of mentors so that they had somebody to go to to say, hey, I've got this management issue or I've got you know, what do I do? We're going to go after this next big project. And so it it was really nice to hear from him that you don't have to be just out of school to right. have a mentor, right. that you really should just make it part of your approach to your profession, to sure. have somebody that you can always look to or bounce ideas off of. So yeah. that was kind of nice.
1: Well, my friend, Steve Arn, who's 65,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: guy who was his mentor when he was younger, just passed, mm-hmm. but he has always referred to him as who was my mentor. I mean, he's always has, has always had that relationship that this is the guy who, you know, did that for him and was that source for him. And, you know, probably even as he was going through his, you know, building his own practice and being out in San Francisco and, and running his own business, that this guy was still his mentor. He still had conversations with him, still talked to him all the time. And they had that relationship. See, so, yeah, I don't think it has to stop just after the IDP. So I'm, but, Like I said, for me, this is the first time I've, you know, we've been in business almost six years now Mm -hmm. and we've had an intern, but I've been his boss. So it's interesting for me to be talking with an intern and potentially being his mentor, being the person he goes to for guidance and for questions. And it's just been, even the last couple of months that I've been, Working with him has just been an interesting experience because he's asking me things that I haven't thought about for a long time Mm -hmm. and thought, well, is that really, you know, he, one of the, one of the questions he asked me, he'd been working for a couple of weeks and he emailed me and said, what did you do during your first few weeks as an intern? All I could think was, well, my God, what are they have you doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How bad could it be? really.
1: But I had to go back and dig back, you know, 14, 15 years and think, okay, right out of school well yeah i was right out of school yeah basically my first job what was those first few weeks really like? yeah
0: what is it reasonable to ask a brand new intern to be
1: doing yeah and and is it is it similar to my own experience it was interesting just sort of those things are kind of dredging up and it's just been this really kind of eye-opener
0: well and you didn't really go out looking to get a mint a mentee at someone to to kind of guide along the way to sort yeah, of just sort of happen, sort of happen like which said, is a nice way to have it happen. Yeah.
1: Well, like I said, I was talking to him at this, at the happy hour and finding out that, you know, zero guidance from school. And it started off with me saying, well, let me look at your resume. Let me look at your cover letter because we see a ton of them.
0: Mm-hmm. And let
1: me look at your portfolio. And then suddenly became lunch and, you know, trying to give him some guidance about how to find work because he had no idea.
0: And then through that process, he ended up getting hired. Mm-hmm. So then it turned into, oh, now I'm actually working. What do I do? yeah So he's yeah. obviously sees you as a, a nice resource and is good, calling is, on you. Which yeah. is good.
1: It's, it's an interesting place to be.
0: So we were just looking at the pros and cons of of being in this kind of mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. And we thought, well, in order to encourage other architects to – Open their eyes to when this type of opportunity might cross their path. Then we thought, well, let's go ahead and offer maybe five reasons why you might want to become a mentor to somebody, right. and then also from the intern's perspective. Uh, why it's
1: good? For, you know, five reasons yeah. why it's really good for you to to seek someone out.
0: Right, somebody who's not in your firm.
1: Right. So for the for the architect, there's that idea that you get to pass along your experience and. You can point out all the pitfalls. You can say, you know, I did this the wrong way. When you're going through the process, here's what you ought to try. You know, this is, you know, or here's what you can avoid. And just try to keep them from making some of the same mistakes. You know, the, I waited so long to take my exams.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I did too. So
1: long to take my exams. And, and, you know, now you can take it, what, within the first six months of your IDP? Right. So, you know, it's one of those things that's like, okay, don't waste any time, start studying, let's get going. And you know, it's Yeah, don't different...
0: forget all that stuff. You just spent a lot of tuition money yeah. <laughs> to learn all that structure. All that money, and...
1: all your parents' money you just spent.
0: Yeah. 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 Go not make good use of it. Although on the flip side too, there are some exams that I would probably say, you know what, wait a year or two. Right. Get some real world experience. Because sure. I remember now when I had waited five, six, however many years it was before I started taking my exams, I thought Wow, I'm so glad I so was much more I have real about... world yeah. perspective on this because some of the questions are judgment calls. You know, there are multiple right answers and they want you to make a decision based on external factors that if you are only have only ever studied this from a book point of view, you're not going to have that mm-hmm. perspective. Like, for example, they may ask you, uh, you know, what's the best approach to solving This construction, like if it's materials and methods, for example, and they'll say which uh, contractor should be in this project first, whether it's the metal work or the framing or the concrete or whatever. Well, you could probably build that thing with all these different materials, but they're going to want you to think externally about, well – is the labor going to be more expensive for this trade or is it going to be faster to get this trade in, yeah. you know, or will they have to double back and, you know, if you get right. framing and now they're going to have to come back again late, you know, they want you thinking of all of those sequencing type things along with just the, the numbers part of it.
1: Right. Well, and it's that, ex- and then it's that kind of experience. And at right. the same time, I mean, that's the, the sort of things that you can pass along and say, you know, wait, wait a little bit longer to do this. Or if you, I don't know, you know, if they're coming to you and say, I'm trying to study this, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. You've had that experience. The other fun thing about this, I think, is that it really reminds you of the things that you know. Because I, you know, I think we are so, I don't know, know, we just do this sort of, I don't say same things over every day, but, you know, we sort of get into a cycle and we know that this is how things go together and whatever. We don't stop and think, okay, what's the, what's the breadth of my knowledge? What's, what all do I know? We don't think about those things until someone asks you specifically. And then you think, oh my gosh, I actually might know more than I think I know.
0: Yet you forget how much you've learned over the years. I remember that when we had our first intern, new intern in the office. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, I don't even remember not knowing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it just seems so innate now. So it is kind of a nice practice to go back and, and actually go, Oh wait, I, I actually learned this for the first time at some point in my career, probably about the same time he's learning it. So yeah, yeah it is kind of well, refreshing. Yeah. And I, I like, I dumped onto Chris's desk one day. I said,
1: we're designing a kitchen go. And because I had been doing it for so long, I, you know, the process for me was just, there so basically sort of dumped it in his lap so this is the space we've got to work with we need the kitchen in it and then watched him sort of develop his own way of figuring out exactly what it was doing Mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting to watch but yeah you don't you don't think about you just know this stuff it's just there so it's been it's it's kind of that interesting sort of remind you that yeah you actually there's a process in it and you actually know quite a bit and it's starting to kinda of get dredged up. Well, and
0: it also kinda of reminds you too that that if left to his own devices, mm-hmm. yes, he will probably get to the end, you know, decision making and wow. and to the end product of what we're we're hoping he'll get to. However, if we sit down with him for 10 minutes and ask him a certain number of questions or guide him a little bit here or a little bit there, how much faster and how much more efficient and how much more informed would he be in getting to that end product? And, and maybe not – I mean we might be able to save him some frustration. Sure. I mean there might be some devil's advocates in the room that go, no, he's got to fight through it himself. And, and
1: nobody taught me this way. Exactly. He's got to suffer like the rest of us. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You got to earn it. You got to – you know well i don 't know yeah. so the third idea that we came up with was that working with a mentee mentor relationship it helps affirm this sense of community that we have in the architectural profession it 's a very small world, and people get to know each other all along the way, and when we realize that uh, as we're working with these students that are brand new out of school, they know a whole lot about stuff that I've never even heard of. Well, I remember sure. people talking, you know, some of these students talking about um, different software programs that, and I'm going, and when did everything start being named after animals? Well,
1: I, what, oh, my, my niece huh? said that to me one year. I'm like, <laughs> uh, uh I have no idea what you're talking about, honey. I, I can't help you.
0: <laughs> it kind of makes takes us off guard going, oh, man, what are we missing out on? And suddenly I'm the dinosaur in the room. <laughs> Not to use an animal term, well, but, there you you, but there you go. There you go. But the idea also is that as they're coming out of school with this different knowledge base, their experience of being an intern and being fresh out of school is also very relatable. It's something that we went through no matter what it is technology we were working with at the time, right. it's still something that connects us. Right. and So, so
1: very relatable, relatable experience.
0: Right. So through the generations, I think that's why we have this, you know, I had to trudge through it. So you've got to <laughs> trudge through it, you know, kind of mentality of I suffered and did the all-nighter. So, so, so do you. you yeah. yeah. You know, I made it through all the studios and the late nights and all of this and so should you. And so... Um, there is that kind of camaraderie that ties us all together, which is sort of nice. And and having th- that direct connection to a mentee gives you that sort of mm. well, back in the day when I yeah. went through it, well, r- r- r-, you know. Well, you
1: know, and the other thing is, it gives you at the same time you talk about community, it gives you a sense of you know what the younger generation is thinking. You kind of get that perspective. You so you're getting a different perspective than your own. So you're getting to see what are they experiencing, what are they really getting out of the architecture? Are they getting the same same benefits that you are, the same experience that you are? What's the, you know, what's changing within our own industry? Because sometimes it's hard to see from, you know, your perspective you've been doing it long enough that you're not really noticing what's changing and what's happening.
0: Right. Well, and I remember when we first started our firm, you and I hadn't actually gotten our licenses yet. Right. So we were still, had one foot in the intern group and then also had this very new foot in our, you Business. know, being a firm owner. Oh, yeah. So I think we had that special perspective of knowing that we didn't want to develop our firm into something that completely disconnected from being interns. We wanted to allow interns that came into our office to grow and to come up and ask questions and be a part and contribute. Yeah. And so the idea that that we can understand their perspective, where they're coming from, mm-hmm. better, even though we don't necessarily have interns in our office right at the moment, yeah. The fact that you are now have this you're growing this relationship with this intern uh, who's at another firm yeah. still gives us a chance to kind of touch back on well, what is he going through right now? And right. and how do we adjust what we're doing here in our office in preparation for that. Yeah. Right. For, you know. for
1: that experience with our own office. Sure. Right. Well, and I think it too it brings up that idea that, you know, the the fourth thing that we wanted to talk about was that idea of, you know, as a mentor you're helping create you're sort of a steward of future leadership for the industry because you're helping to sort of shape their ideas about the industry and, of course, you're going to be very impacted about your own experience. But it's, you know, and, and we talk about sort of the future leadership because we've heard in the past from these guys who were in the 50s and 60s bemoaning the fact that they had nobody to leave their firms to because of, there was a giant recession gap and some, suddenly there was this 20-year gap between leadership and so we've gone through that experience of this recession here. So it's not as big of a gap. There's still going to be that gap again. So we're starting to create, again, we've got to stop and look and think, okay, the next generation of leaders is going to be about five years behind, you know, this current group. So how do we start to, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Um, well, we've got to help them catch up. Help them catch and up. fill and that gap. Fill that gap. But right. at the
1: same time, sort of mold them. Into people that could, in the future, take over our firms.
0: Yeah, exactly. Really invest in them now because it, you know, like I said, this community is so small that you you could potentially have that person in your office someday. Yeah. Or could potentially even be somebody that you leave your firm to someday. Right. So, so someone
1: becomes your business partner.
0: Right. Oh, so yeah. don't look at it. Look at it as a empty investment, just because they're not at your firm. Yeah. It 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 all comes back. Right.
1: Well, and that was the last point we actually had was that it's the potential to create the future leaders for your firm, that there is that potential to really nurture someone. And, you know, we had the – you know, we did the presentation on intern development one year, and one of the guys, one of the older firm owners, was saying, well, why should I go through this process of really helping these interns out and really, you know, creating a, a great environment for them if they're just going to leave? Of course, my response was, well, do you stay in touch with them? And he said No. I'm like, well, then what do you? Why do? You, why would you expect them to come back to the firm? You you just sent them out into the world and and said, well, you can always come back if you want to, and then haven't bothered to stay in touch. Why would they come back? So there's that potential to you know work with a an intern or or mentee. I hate to say mentee, but work with an intern and really have them be someone that in the future you you could call on and say, look. This is what's happening at the firm. Things are changing. I've known you for the last 10 years, the last 15 years. Would you be interested in being part of this and being able to pull them back in and actually have them start forming the next generation of leaders for the firm?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we can speak to that personally because when Holly called you about starting this firm Mm – you were one of her interns, yeah, as I was been, I. I had been one of her interns, as were you. That's correct. Yeah. And, and what was nice about your relationship was that you had been away from her firm for several years, although she kept in touch. So that's what really made the difference. Mm-hmm. And when she called you up, it wasn't completely out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, she had kept kept up with what you had been doing over the few years when you had, you know, after you had left their firm. Right. So, right.
1: Yeah. Well, and on the intern side, there's a nice advantage in that working with a, a mentor, you can get a different perspective from the one where you're working. You know, you're an intern. You see, especially if you're if you're just out of school, you see what's happening in your office, and that's all you know. So now you can go have someone you can go to and say, this is what's happening in the office. Does that seem right? Does that sound right? You know, for me, luckily, for me, um, um, from an HR perspective – James, that's his field. So if there was an HR question I had, I could just go to James and say, hey, you know, I've got a question about this, and he could give me some idea of, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's not right. So it was nice to have him as a resource in that sense. But when I was an intern, I didn't have really anybody that I could go to and say, what's your perspective on this? This is what's happening. How do I handle it? How do I deal with it? Yeah,
0: is this normal? Right. Should I ask other questions or whatever right. the situation is?
1: Well, and and with a mentor, you get to have someone that's going to provide some guidance based on their own experiences, you know, because you can ask the other interns, you know, people have been there longer than you, but, you know, they're still, may still be locked into their own perspective just within, within the office, or, you know, maybe they've come from somewhere else and they can give you a little additional information, but their experience may be just as limited as yours.
0: So for the third one, this actually comes straight from the mouths of babes as Larry texted this uh, intern that he's been talking with for the last couple of months right before we did the podcast. Yeah, I said, I
1: said, what's, what's the advantage of having a mentor? And of course he's only, you know, it's only been a couple of months, but he came up with a really, really great, great advantage here. And he said, that's being able to ask unfiltered questions without worrying about being judged. You know, because you don't know, and sometimes it's embarrassing to ask what you think. Or, you know, I I I, I was shameless. I was hitting Holly up every five minutes with a question. Oh yeah. I when I was, was an too. intern, but sometimes it gets very awkward to ask these questions. So it's nice to be able to go to somebody and just blurt it out, and not worry about you know what they're going to think. You know, oh, my God, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Or You've lost your mind. You know,
0: anything like that. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter how big your firm is, whether you're, you know, one of three or in a huge firm. Mm-hmm. It's political when it's, you know, when right. your paycheck's on the line. So you don't want to come across with all these questions that seem silly or that you feel like you're about to start annoying someone. Yeah, are you're about to step on someone's
1: toes that you shouldn't be stepping on. Or it's, It becomes a balancing act. So it's nice to have that sort of, I guess... Just that person you go to and blurt it out and let the chips fall where they
0: may. <laughs> right.
1: So well and the nice the other thing too here is, and that I guess that's part of you know, just part of being within the industry, is that you've now got a connection to a broader community. You know, you're starting out in the industry and, and we always joke about how tiny and incestuous the architecture community is and how everyone knows everyone. Except that's not really true especially if you're starting out, you know, nobody, nobody at all. Mm -hmm. So to have that person that can kind of introduce to you and make some connections, it's nice to have that and really be able to, you know, know that you can reach other people if you want to.
0: Well, and, and I think this, the relationship that you have now with this intern is, was started out on a really nice foot because he had the courage to come to one of our happy hours. Right to come to a networking event where he knew nobody and he walked in and just happened to to get started talking with you um which was very fortuitous that he was able to strike up a conversation cuz I don't I don't even know if I could have left my apartment that first <laughs> first month of even just looking for a job
1: yeah
0: uh let alone you know having found one, you right, know, within right. a few weeks, but he was able to come and ask you questions and, and just to get out and start networking. And then the nice thing that we have the perspective of what an advantage networking is, is that you said, okay, whether you like it or not, you're coming to this event with me, yeah. uh, you know, show up on this date, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, talk about that.
1: Well, I, it's, you know, it was that, that sense of, we, we had sort of, or he had sort of put himself in a position, if you go to one of the happy hours, it's a lot of people and it's very intense. So I was able to say, look, I have a friend, he's having a cocktail party. It's a really small group of people, be easier to connect with people, a whole different group than what you're used to, you know, you're used to talking to at the happy hour. So why don't you come to this thing and, you know, we'll introduce you around, kind of get you a little more comfortable I'm not sure he's still a little more comfortable, but it was a different experience, and and I was able to do that and connect him to some different people in the community. Well,
0: and to show him that that a get together cocktail party didn't involve jello shots or cake stands or <laughs> well, the happy hour loud doesn't music. Jello. Well, no, but I'm just saying it. Yeah, experience. if, if, you're if you're he used hasn't to, done a lot of networking, yeah. then what would your point of reference be? Right, exactly. It's a little scary. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Well, and when it comes time, you know, finally for an intern to find a new job, having a mentor is going to give you a professional reference that's outside of your office. And we all know how challenging that can be. If you're looking for a new job and your company doesn't know it, to try to find how do you find the references that are going to help you kind of get your foot in the door. Because, yeah, you don't want to go to your boss, hey, I'm checking out a job, can you refer to
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and by that point, you're not really wanting to rely on your professors anymore. Right. It really makes a much better impression if you've got somebody that knows you in the real working world. Yeah. And especially within the, the city of where you're trying to find a new position. Yeah.
1: Well, and especially as we were talking about, if you're doing your IDP and you're finding you're having to leave your firm and go somewhere else to get the experience that you need. So you actually have that person to connect to.
0: Yeah, and it also gives you a chance to say, you know, I'm really, I've am really, i really enjoyed where I am, but I'm looking for a firm that can offer me more construction administration experience or, you know, just a different facet. Yeah. And so to have somebody who sort of knows the lay of the land, who mm-hmm. knows different firm personalities right. or different firm owner personalities and can say, well, this firm over here is really hands-on and this is probably your best bet to guide you in sort of vetting which firm is the best to start with. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Oh, sure. That can take years to get a, a feel yeah. for in a, in you know, in a city like Dallas yeah. where we are.
1: Well, and as many firms are right here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I was um, talking to a friend of a friend who is an intern and was looking for work, and his school had given him a list of firms in Dallas. And he made up his own list of firms that he might be interested in talking to. I said, email them to me and let me just go through and let's see who we can – because he was telling me about what it was he really wanted to do. So I was able to go through his list and go, don't talk to this person, don't talk to this person, don't talk to this person. Talk to this person, but know this, know this, know this. I mean it was that kind of – Right. you know. And I, and I hadn't really thought about that. That's, again, one of those things that you've got a knowledge base. And so to be able to go through and sit down with the intern and say, here's – you know, like you said, the lay of the land Mm -hmm. and really be able to do that. So when the time comes, they actually know where they're going and where they should be going or who they should be talking to. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, so if there is an intern that's listening and they say, this sounds fabulous, I want a mentor, what would you suggest that they do in order to start looking for possible people who might be, available to mentor.
1: Well one of the first things I think I would go to the local AIA chapter because I do have a mentoring program and say let let the people there know you're looking. Um, you know maybe the other thing I would think it sounds very strange now but go to meet up and see if there are any architecture groups in your area that you can connect to. And honestly go to one of your bosses and say, look, I'm I'm looking for a mentor because they'll understand. Say I, I'm I'm looking for a mentor is there someone that you know that you can recommend? Because they have probably been in the same position. And like I said, you know, I was mentioning Steve. He's, you know, friends and mentor this guy for years, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go and you ask, and hopefully someone can give you some direction in that sense. But Or ask another intern. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you know, if you know an intern at another firm, say, hey, would one of your bosses be interested in being my mentor?
0: Well, and you might think also about is there a particular area of interest that Mm -hmm. you're really passionate about? Like, do you really want to learn about green building or do you really want to learn about historic preservation or uh, solar panels or, you know, whatever it is that just kind of lights your fire and gets you excited Mm -hmm. that maybe you don't have direct access to on, you know, on your current project or Mm -hmm. on what you're working on in your firm, then that would be a great jumping off point to go find somebody that shares your passion and, And just, you know, soak up as much as you can from them. Really learn because those are the people that are going to know the professional organizations to join outside of AIA. Like, say, the Green Building Council, for example. Um, They would be the ones to introduce you to those boards, Mm -hmm. you know, the people who are in charge of those organizations. They're going to give you the direct line to the people at the top. Yeah. Which is huge. If you're really wanting to dive into a certain area of interest, right. uh, it's really exciting when you can say, "Hey, I know so and so, and that name means something." Yeah, and and get your foot in the door. Well, and the other thing to think about too
1: is that you know it used to be, I need someone local. I need someone that I can can mentor me within my own community. But that doesn't have to necessarily be the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there an area of the country that you really are interested in working in? that has a type of architecture you're interested in. Is there someone in that area that you could possibly connect to on LinkedIn or go to one of the AIA discussion groups and say, look, I'm looking for a mentor in this area of the country. Can someone give me some guidance? Don't think you just have to be local.
0: Yeah, in fact, there's a lot of architects that are now blogging, so that's Mm -hmm. a real easy way is to do some searching online and see if there's somebody that – you know, if just by reading their blog posts, you can kind of tell that they sort of have a similar personality and you just sort of click or you like their sense of humor, you know, anything can really be the start of a conversation. So, um, and they may or may not be available to, to actually function as a true mentor, but you might just strike up a conversation and, and say, if you're not available, you know, I respect your time. Is there somebody else in, in that area that that might be a good fit for me. Right. You know, it's it never hurts to ask, and of course we're all flattered by any oh, sure. anybody that might contact us. Nothing
1: and, like a little bit of the ego. Uh, that's right. Long, <laughs> long way, and I will say this much for the architects out there who think I don't have time to mentor somebody. As we're not, you know, talking hours every day. We're talking a couple hours a month. You know, just to give them just a little bit of time, so that you can help them learn and help them grow you know, be willing to give that time because it's, I so far for me, I mean, it's only been two months. It's been a good experience and six months from now, we'll see how I feel about it. I'm sure I'm just going to be just as happy, but, um, um, you know, give yourself that time and give, give them that time and don't let that keep you from doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know this, this guy is going to be so much better for having reached out and having the courage to get involved and, and to ask the questions he's asking you. Because he's going to, I know, I know you and I know I've met him now. And so I can tell that he's going to be ahead of the game, you know, six months, 12 months down the road, because he will have had you sort of nudging him going, did you get that IDP application? (laughs) 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 Did you call the state and get this set up? And, you know, just all those little things that, that a lot of those interns who don't reach out beyond what they see in front of them every day, they're not going to have that advantage. And that's, it makes a difference. Yeah.
1: Well, and of course, you know, if, like I said, if there's any interns out there with any additional comments, you know, feel free to leave a comment on the on the uh, podcast or should we say email us a comment? or
0: Well, or find us.
1: Um, you can find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Yeah, and-
0: Larry's Facebook page is the Architecture Happy Hour. Um, the one that, that I stay most in touch with is HPD Architecture. That's our mm-hmm. firm. And then, of course, we're on Twitter under the same names, Arch Happy Hour and HPD Architecture. Um, and then, of course, Gregory reached out to me on LinkedIn. So somehow he tracked me down on there, yeah. uh, Laura Davis. Um, and I'm an architect in Dallas. So there's a lot of different ways to find us. And, of course, our our regular home-based website is just HPD. A-R-C-H dot com. You can always right. find us there.
1: Right. Well, and of course, you can always find us every month somewhere in this, one of the showrooms down in the Design District doing the Architecture Happy Hour. Yeah. Just find us on meetup.com and sign up for the group, and you'll get the notices. And of course, if you've found us through the podcast, please come up and tell us, because we'll, we'll just be tickled pink.
0: <laughs> we get really excited when we hear from listeners, so good. please reach out to us. Yeah. But anyway,
1: well, we're going to let everyone go for September, and who knows what we're going to be talking about in October. It's been an interesting two weeks since I've gotten back from New Orleans, and I don't think it's going to slow down any. So we should have something really interesting to talk about by the time the middle of October, October rolls around. If nothing else, we'll be talking about my house and <laughs> yeah. the craziness that is going to be happening, getting that thing ready to go.
0: Well, and we can't close, too, without saying hi to, to Matt and and Palmer and... and- uh, Oregon yeah. They're in Portland Portland did I say her name right yeah I
1: think so anyway yeah we've, we've been having this ongoing conversation so I somehow wouldn't feel right without saying hi hi <laughs> and I, I promise I'll respond to your email I guess it, like it came when I was in New Orleans and I just haven't haven't backtracked quite far enough in my email to get to it so I will get to it and get you an answer so, all right. Well, I hope everyone is having a good month and looking forward to some cooler weather. And we will talk to you again in October.
0: Take care. Bye bye.
1: Bye, guys.